I want to welcome you into the third and the final message in this Expect More series. Uh, this series has been all about understanding that we can and should expect more. The, the Bible's full of all these examples, uh, story after story, person after person, of these below average individuals that God does supernatural through. And their lives would be a super mess if it weren't for God. But because of God, they, they do some super amazing things. And that's where, that's where we want to get to, is that he brings out the more of them, more than anyone expected. And they put themselves in a position for God to move through them and for them to expect more. Now, the theme verse uh, for this series is one of the foundational passages for our church, uh, for our church family. And when, in it, Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus. He's teaching them that they are to be, to be equipped to do the work of God so that their growth will continue so that they, can be, they won't be deceived by, that, by lies that sound like the truth. And then in, in verse 15, he says, instead of that, we will speak truth in love, growing in every way, in every way, more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church, growing more and more like Christ. This is an on going process. So, so far in this series, we've examined that if we're going to expect more, we've got to expect change. And if we're going to expect change, we have to be willing to learn more. So that's been the first two weeks. And today we're going to go look at a third principle of expecting more. And, and Paul actually illustrates this principle perfectly in 2 Corinthians chapter 9. Now, the context for this passage that we're going to pull from is, uh, he, is a reference to, he's uh, pulling from and talking to them about a relief fund that he's putting together from multiple churches that he's going to take back to the church that is undergoing some severe, severe persecution in, in Jerusalem. And so he says in chapter 9 uh, of, of Ephesians, he says, I, I really don't need to write to you about this. He says, it says, I don't need to write to you about this ministry of giving for the believers in Jerusalem, for I know how eager you are to help. And he says, in fact, it was your enthusiasm that stirred up many of the Macedonian believers to begin giving. So Paul's commending them. He's, he's letting them know, hey, I know your heart is full of compassion. I know you've got the desire to come alongside those that are suffering. And he tells them, hey, your generosity has actually fueled other people's generosity. And he tells them that, they're, that, that as they come along in this, this journey with him and, and put this offering together, he's reminding them, hey, stay focused. Stay focused because he knows human nature. Human nature is, hey, I want to do great things. I want to, I want to do the right thing. I want, I want to take that, that leap and, and doing the, the right thing. And he says, but human nature says we have good intentions, but we end up getting drifted and, and we get distracted and, and things happen. And, and we, we end up coming to that place where we want to give, but we don't have the ability to give because we haven't prepared ourselves to do so. So then he gives them an example of what, what they all could relate to. He says in verse uh, 6 of chapter 9, he says, Remember this, a farmer who plants a few seeds will get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. Paul gives them the third principle. If you're going to expect more, you've got to give more. If you're going to expect more, you've got to give more. Now, let me, let me pause right here and let you know that this is not a money message. This is not a money message. Generosity is not limited, nor should it be limited 
to money. There are ways to be generous, and, and we're going to break this down in, in very practical ways in just a few minutes. But, but the principle of expect more, to expect more, we have to give more, is found throughout the Word of God. King Solomon, who we spent a lot of time talking about last week and looking at his wisdom, said this uh, in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24. He says, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. For our expectations to expand, our generosity must grow larger. Again, this principle is found throughout the scriptures and throughout the Bible over and over again. Even Paul, as he's writing to the church in, in Ephesus, I'm sorry, the church in Corinth, he says, he quotes two passages from the old, what we call the Old Testament. He says, he continues on in that verse, he says, you must decide in your heart how much to give, and don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. Now that's, that's vital, and we're going to come back to that. But he says, for God loves a cheerful, a, one, a person who gives cheerfully. He's quoting from Deuteronomy chapter 15 there. And he says, and God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. And the scripture, as the scriptures say, and he's quoting from Psalm 1, uh, 112 here, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. Now, now make sure you catch two things from those passages that Paul is quoting from. They give freely and they give with a cheerful heart. They give freely and with a cheerful heart. And then he gives to them, follows that up with why they were able to give cheerfully with, so, give cheerfully so freely. It says, for, for the God is the one who provides. For God's the one who provides seed. For the farmer and then, uh, and then bread to eat. If, so if this is true for them, then in the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. Yes, you will be enriched in every way so that, so that you can always be generous. And when we take, you, when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things. Paul says there's two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met. And that's a good thing, of course. But it continues. And... And they will joyfully express their thanks to God. He then expands on that second part of the two good things. He says, as a result of your ministry, they will give glory to God for your generosity to them. And to all the believers will, uh, and to all believers will prove that you are obedient to the good news of Christ. And they will pray for you with deep affection because of the overflowing grace God has given you. Thank God for this gift, too wonderful for words. So in nine verses, Paul lays out clearly what generosity positions you for. It positions you to expect more. It's a repeated principle of the Bible. It's, it's also how God created us. We're created. We are hardwired for generosity. The Bible says it this way, Proverbs eleven twenty five: the generous will prosper. That word prosper there means to be propelled forward. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. We've learned through uh, uh, neuroscience that our body produces what's called happy hormones. Happy hormones. Now, just so that you know, uh, this isn't, I, I had to do some research on this. And in fact, if you go to our notes uh, on the notes page uh, on your app, 
you'll see I put the links down there where I, where I, where I have learned some of this from. But uh, so we, we have three happy hormones. Uh, hap- the hormones, hormones are, the, are chemical pro- uh, chemicals produced by different glands in our body. They travel through the blood seam, acting as messengers, playing uh, the part of, uh, in many of the, our bodily processes. One of these important functions is helping regulate our mood, how we feel. Uh, all, uh, certain hormones are, are known to help promote positive feelings, and specifically, there's these three hormones that, are, that when released, they give us an internal feeling of, of joy. Like, the, the brain works, is, it's remarkably complex how the brain works, but the neurochemical drivers of happiness are quite easy to identify. Ha, the dopamine, serotonin, and uh, oxytocin, oxytocin, tocin, there it is, see, I, I got that. Uh, oxytocin <laughs> make up the, what psychologists call the happiness trifecta. So, so any activity that increases the production of, of these neurochemicals will cause a boost in our mood. It's really just that simple. Neuroscience has demonstrated that giving, being generous, actually releases all three of these hormones at the same time. Anytime we step outside of ourselves and, and long enough to help someone else to be generous, something wonderful is waiting for us when we return. The happiness trifecta. It's the neurochemicals, every single one of them are boosted in us. And th- this is what's amazing about our God, is that he commands us to do something that he knows will benefit us. Paul, Paul described this ne- neuro, uh, neuroscience this way. He says in Acts chapter 20, verse 35, In all things I have shown you that by working hard in this way, we must help the weak and remember the words of our Lord Jesus, how he himself said, Quoting Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Scripture teaches that, and, and, and of course, neuroscience confirms four things about this principle, expect more, give more. The first one is this. The more we give, the more joy we can expect. The more we give, the more joy we can expect. We, we've all experienced this. How good it feels to, to give to someone. It, it really is better to give than receive. You, you know, as a child, you don't fully comprehend this, and you can't wait for Christmas and your birthday so that you can get something because you, you know you're going to get a gift. But as you get older and, and when you become a parent, it's, it's amazing how you look forward to Christmas and their birthdays, not because you're getting anything, because you get to give something to them and their joy is multiplied, and you have even greater joy. This is what a maturing follower of Jesus experiences. Proverbs 21, 26, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. Let, let me echo Paul for a minute and, and just commend this church for, for your generosity. So many of you give just because you love to give, and when you give, we strive to, to use it in, in a manner that, as Paul said, that will make your gifts to those who need them, and they will thank God. M- many of you already know this, but each time you give, we take a portion of that, and we invest it into several local organizations that come alongside those that are, are in need. 
and, and they help those when they're, when they're hitting difficult times. And, and right now, there are many that are hitting circumstances they didn't even expect just a few weeks ago. In fact, uh, I got a, a, a report this week of, of our giving coming into the place where a, a family who had both the, the husband and wife had been laid off work and the unemployment hadn't come through and, and the, the, our giving through this organization was able to boost them to get them through that difficult time. It's, it's, an, it's another way that we've used our way of, of giving. Another way that we use uh, to give is that you, most of you would realize we, we give to uh, two organizations, ARC and Destiny Leaders. We partner with them. Uh, we, they're used, they're, they, we give our resources to them so that they can train and equip uh, pastors to go in and launch local churches. Now, why do we do that? Because just seven and a half years ago, we were one of those churches that needed that equipping. And now we get to turn around and be a part of that. And that, that's the second thing about this expect more, give more, is that the more we give, the more compassion we can expect. Neuroscience has discovered that the hormone oxytocin creates a cycle of empathy. It, it begins at birth. That the hormone oxytocin creates a special bond between a mother and a child. See, when, when you give something, you become connected to it. Catch that. When you give to something, you become connected to it. As a mother provides for a child, she becomes connected to that child. This is what happens when you give to something. You become connected to it. Proverbs uh, 29 verse 7 says, The righteous care about justice for the poor. Why? Because we're connected to it. We've given to it. But the wicked have no concern for it. Why? Because they haven't connected to it. They haven't given towards it. This is what Jesus is communicating when he says in Matthew 6, 21, that for where the, your treasure is, there your heart is also. So what you give to is what you're connected to. As we're generous towards something, we become connected to it. We have been blessed to impact uh, our community because of the investment of others into us. And now that turns around and we get to be connected to those churches around this, this nation, this world, that are being equipped now to launch. <laughs> this is true about anything we give to, though. Some of you have given uh, your time and your money to, in support of a sports team that you have become connected to, and you continue to cheer them on even when your passion isn't there anymore because it's more about your compassion than it is any level of passion. <laughs> Here's the third thing. The more we give, the more blessings we can expect. The more we give, the more blessings we can expect. Now, before I go any further, I need you to understand that this is not a mo motivational factor in giving. This isn't the why we give. This is the what of giving. It's not, it, as a result of, as we use what God has placed in our hands, what he has placed in our responsibility, as we use it to give him glory, he will then entrust us with more. Proverbs 22, 9, blessed are those who are generous because they feed, they feed the poor. 28, 27, whoever gives to the poor will lack nothing, but those who close their eyes to poverty will be cursed. When God makes his covenant with Abraham, he says to Abraham, I'm going to bless you to be a blessing to the nations. 
This is crazy because it's, it's, here's a bonus. Neuroscience shows us that when we give serotonin that is, is released into our body, and it not only makes us feel better, but it's proven that it enhances our memory and helps us with our learning ability. That's, that's amazing. So when we give, we're blessed by, by the, even the emotions and the, uh, and the hormones that are released in our body. The more we give, the more blessings we can expect. Now that last happiness trifecta neurochemical that I haven't mentioned yet specifically is dopamine. Dopamine has another nickname. It's called the helper's high. It's actually your body rewarding you for being generous. Your body rewards you for generosity. The more we give, the more rewards we can expect. This is one of those things that just amazes me about God. He doesn't owe us anything. He has already given his life for me. He's already paid the price. He's, he is the source of my salvation because of what he has done. Now look at this scripture. In scripture, Proverbs nineteen seventeen says, If you help the poor, you are lending to the Lord, and he will repay you. Revelations chapter 22, verse 12, talking about the, the return of Jesus Christ and the restoration of all things. This is what it says. Look, I am coming soon, bringing my reward with me to repay all the people according to their deeds. He can't wait to reward us that he is going to bring it with them. What, what I do for me will die with me. But what I do for others will live on. Our, our impact will live beyond us when we learn to give more. Psalms 112 verse 9 says, They share freely and give generously to those in need. This is the verse that Paul was quoting from. And it says, Their good deeds, their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. Psalm uh, continues on right, right before that. It says, uh, he says, God will, Good will come to him who is generous and lends freely who conducts his affairs with justice. Surely he will never be shaken. A righteous man will be remembered forever. In the last few minutes of this message, I want to break this down very practically and share with you some ways that we're going to equip you to position yourself to give more. And when we give more, we can expect more. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, going back to that verse that we began with, Paul's talking to the church in Corinth, and he's telling them, I'm, re I'm preparing you to give. And he says, you will be made rich in every way, in every way. Again, this isn't a message about money. We're talking about being generous in every way, so that you can be generous on every occasion, and your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So how, how can you give more? And it comes down to one word. That one word is time time. See, you, we need to be generous with our time because time gets put into different positions. You can be generous with your time by using your talent in your time. See, you have a gift that you can share. Every single one of us. And you're kind of, some of you are like, well, no, I don't. I, I don't have any gifts. I, I can't, can't get up on the stage and sing. And honestly, thank you for realizing that. <laughs> but Ephesians 4 Verse 7 says, he has given each one of us, each one of us that are following Christ, he has given each one of us a special gift through the generosity of Christ. So you need to take time, mobilize your talents for others. The, the production team is doing that right now. They've taken their Saturdays and they've given of their time, their talent 
in this time to make this able so that you can see their messages. And even this past week, I had a gentleman come up to me and share with me how God has spoken to him through these messages that are coming, that are streaming online. Wow. In the past and in the upcoming weeks, there'll be members of our dream team that are serving. Man, I can't thank them enough of all the things that our AC Kids team has done to serve and to minister and to, to love our kids. But listen, it's not limited to Sundays. It's not limited to Sundays. In fact, we, uh, Pastor Corey uh, is working on putting together a project, and uh, this is a, what we're going to call the time bank. And you're going to be able to see this, uh, the, a link to our, our time bank in the, uh, in, our, in the comments, and it'll be on our website. But we're putting together this, this opportunity for you to give your time through your talents. And so here's what's going to do. You're going to let us know what your talents are. And we're going to put them in a bank. And then when that need comes in, we're going to be able to go to that bank and know, hey, this person has this talents to meet this need. What an awesome opportunity for us to go, hey, I've got this. I can, I can use my hands. I can, I can build. I can, I, can, I can clean. I can come alongside this way. There's all the talents. I want you to think beyond just the, the, what we normally represent as talents and say, I've got something that I can give that God has blessed me with. Some of you have a talent of coming alongside people who uh, don't, know, don't understand money well, but you know money well. So you can come alongside them, use your talent of u- using money well, and help them take that next step. There's some of you that know how, how to take steps, and that you have talents and abilities that you, God has placed in your life that you can use. So you've got to be generous with your talent. Use your, t- your talent in your time. The second thing is, it, with time is that you can use time to be generous with our touch. You can use your time to be generous with your touch. Now, this is a big, like, no-no right now. No, no touchy. No, six, weeks, six feet away, we stop. But here's the bottom line is that our generosity can be used by how we are able to touch one another. Coming alongside and, and being encouraging to one another. And this... This is why I have a testimony of this myself. Uh, I can't tell you how many times uh, Pastor Monty Young, who's one of our overseers, has just called me out of the blue. And this is what he'll say. Hey, I'm just calling to check in on you. Why? He's just letting me know he cares. What a, what a blessing that is to have someone from time to time just say, hey, I care. You, you have that ability. You have a phone. You have a text messages. You have, a, you have the ability to smile. you'll be amazed what you can do with you spend just a few minutes and write a note and send somebody an old-fashioned letter in the mail. Just use what God has given you. This is where we're going to have an opportunity for you in the time bank as well to say, hey, I've got this ability to be used by God to to be a blessing in this area, and I can use what God has given me in in the smile, in the letter, in the text message. I can can take food to somebody, and you're going to be able to put yourself in that time bank, and we'll be able to connect you to a need when the time arises. The third area is that we're generous with our treasure. Yeah, and that's connected to our time as well. Because your treasure comes as a result of you giving your time for a salary, for a paycheck. And what you do with what, what God has allowed you to use your time for that area is you take that treasure and you'll be able to put it in the place. So what we're going to do is in that time bank, you'll be able to say, hey, I, I, I've got an extra $50 this week and I'd like to come alongside somebody who needs some groceries. And you'll be able to buy a $50 gift card for groceries. 
And when the need comes, we'll be able to meet the need in that situation with what you've already put aside through your treasure. Now, of course, we already put a lot of this into place. O- uh, over 10% of our, uh, what comes into an authentic church goes immediately out the door to those kinds of needs. So I want to thank you for already being generous, but we're going to bring this down into a very specific way to be used by God by using our time, which our time can be used in our talents, in our touch, and with our treasure. Luke chapter 6 verse 38 says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Lord God, I pray right now over this church. Lord, for every one of those that are listening, those that have already lived a generous life, Lord, who, who are giving of their treasure, who are giving of their time, and who are giving of their talents. Lord, I pray that you continue to bless them. Allow them to experience all that you have for them. Lord, you created us, our body, to, to respond to generosity. And Lord, you bless those who step into that place of generosity. Lord, we want to be used by you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, for some of you, uh, this is an opportunity for you to take a step in following the most generous of all, Jesus Christ, who gave his life for you. And in this moment of being, learning to be generous, it, it is dependent on us saying, I've, I'm gonna follow a generous God. So right now, it'd be my honor to pray with you this prayer of commitment. It's an it's a, a initial prayer of coming alongside. And so we, with, with those of you that are ready to take this step, you can pray this prayer using my words. You can pray it in your own language or your own words. You can repeat mine. Say it silently or out loud, it doesn't matter. Let's just pray this prayer to Jesus right now. Lord Jesus, we turn to you and we give you our lives. And we're gonna follow after you because you gave everything for us. You laid down your life for us. We're gonna follow after you. In Jesus' name, amen.